here, there, and everywhere. SAFM 104.4 FM in Hermanus. So, welcome back. Uh, you're listening to SAFM 104 to 107 Nationwide at 11.33. We're coming to you uh, from Monabisi Secondary School uh, at Nzwakasi uh, location in DR. Uh, in my bird's eye view, I see uh, the Premier dancing with uh, the students of the school because uh, we are here to deliver as part of SABC CSI uh, laptops and computers for the students of uh, the school. So. When was the last time you uh, had Roy Boss? I had Roy Boss last night. So Roy Boss is no doubt one of South Africa's most loved teas, which is known uh, worldwide. But how much do we know about Roy Boss and how it's harvested and when in, when in terms of seasons? What makes it so popular and attractive in the world? Well, we're told that it all begins in January. And uh, to tell us more about, about this is Martin Swart, Secretariat for the South African Rooibos Council. Uh, Martin, thank you so much uh, for the time. January, why is January so important to you uh, as Rooibos South Africa Council? Hi, Katie. Good to, good to be with you. It sounds very festive where you are. <laughs> it is very festive where I am. I'm trying to keep it in control, yeah? No, don't keep it in control. No, so, so normally the rooibos harvest season um, kicks off. Actually, you, you can have some early harvest already from December, but then in January, February, we, we're really looking at, at the rooibos harvest. And obviously, if you grow your crop the entire year, it is an exciting time when you get to, to harvest it into the field. So that's why January is, a, is an exciting and special time for the rooibos industry. Yeah. Am I correct, though, to assume that rooibos is only grown here in South Africa? Yes, so rooibos is only grown um, in South Africa, and actually it's even smaller than that. So it's only in the St. William area. And um, interestingly, or, or uh, actually yeah, maybe for the listeners, is last year we did an application um, for a geographic application for rooibos, the registration that you get in the European Union. And um, this was successful, and that basically means that the word rooibos is now protected for production in South Africa. So only rooibos that is grown in the Cedarburg area of South Africa can be called rooibos, which is, which is a great thing for the industry and for all of us South Africans. Yes, because we all know what happened with that word champagne a couple of years ago. Exactly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, so, I mean, let, let, let's talk about, uh, you know, why, one, it's important for us to preserve it being grown in the area that it's grown in. And what kind of import levels exist for rooibos currently? Right. So, so I think it is, you know, it, it's such a... Because of the work of the South African Rebels Council and because of um, increased exports over, over the past year. So every year we, we do see increase in, in exports and then obviously um, uh, if, if, if we have achievements like the registration of geographic indication, the awareness of the team is increasing on an international level year on year. So for example, we know that we have other areas where our tea can also maybe be grown if we think climatically. Um, if somebody would like to try in, in Australia or 
Uh, we just know from, from also from Africa, you know, like um, indigenous uh, biological resource or indigenous plants taken out of the country and grown somewhere else. And that is why it was so very important for us to protect the area where rubus is growing. And I think mm. added to that, rubus belongs to its area, but it also belongs to the people of South Africa. So you yeah. also want to protect it for the people. So yeah, yeah, that, was, yeah. that was important to us. Yeah. And then the other thing you asked about was the, was the export. So we seen good exports for rooibos every single year. We produce about 20,000 tons of rooibos per annum in South Africa. And normally the division between local consumption and export is about half-half. Because in South mm-hmm. Africa we also love our rooibos, so we don't want to send everything abroad. And um, yes. yeah, <laughs> our top five countries remain Germany, loves to buy the sea, and some, a country we really saw coming up through the ranks in the past years is Japan. So we're selling wow. a lot of rubles to Japan, yes. But you know, it's wow. interesting, and then I'll speak a little bit more about Japan just now, and then also the Netherlands buy a lot of rubles from us. And then naturally the United Kingdom and the United States of America. But Japan is that, also tea drinking. Mm, no, you go. <laughs> no, you go. <laughs> no, I think Japan is also just a tea drinking nation. And what is interesting for them is, you know, we would brew a little cup of rooibos with a, with, a, with a bag. But what they do is they make it in pictures and they... They really enjoy drinking it as ready to make or they make quite a volume of it and then enjoy it in that manner, which is really interesting yeah. for us. And it's interesting for us to learn yeah, what, what, how they enjoy it and what they do with yeah. it. <laughs> the export market sounds big to me uh, from what you just explained about the varied countries mm. where we have uh, sort of penetration with, with, with mm. rooibos. Is there or are there ambitions for growing that uh, export market and other specific countries you're targeting for that growth and why? I think with the indigenous uh, like products like, like rooibos, there's always a balance to be a balance to be found in how we how you increase production and alongside mm. how you how you increase increase markets. But yes, mm. we certainly we certainly um, we are looking at looking after the current markets because if you look even ten years back, those markets that I mentioned to you now. They are mm. very solid markets for, for rooibos. And then very interestingly, you know, our neighboring countries and in southern Africa, if we look at Botswana, if we look at Zimbabwe, we also send quite a bit of tea over the border into Africa. So the African market, I think it's always exciting and, and always very interesting. So this is maybe, maybe something that, that um, some of our, of our members and of our industry role players could think of. And then obviously yeah. the, the other Asian markets, you know, like like China has got such a big buying power. If you if you look at, at uh, maybe a bigger footprint in other Asian markets, that could be interesting. Yeah. So what's the magic? What is the magic? What makes it so appealing? What would you say is the biggest appeal about rooibos tea? Oh, wow. I think everybody in South Africa um, knows it and drinks it. And I think everybody has got their own their own story about why it's special to them. But mm. uh, we are continuously doing research, and, and I think, you know, it is maybe our heritage drink. We all drink it as we grow up. And mm-hmm. then, um, but 
it, but it's not also comforting in our heritage drinks. It's also really good for you. So I think there's an increased awareness among consumers that rooibos is something that you can drink. It's hydrating, it's caffeine-free, and it is, you know, it's, it's really good for you. It's a good alternative to, to sugary drinks. So I think there's that. But I think there's also a little bit of magic in the way that rooibos is processed. So mm. we all, even though we call it rooibos, or red bush, as they call it um, um, overseas, the mm. actual plant Oh, they call it red bush. <laughs> they call it, yes. <laughs> so <laughs> so if, you, if you think about Britain or, or Europe, they, they also call it red bush. So if I speak, about, if I speak to overseas clients, they, yeah. I sometimes just use the word red bush. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so okay. the bush is actually not red. It's green. But then this is harvested and it is, it is, um, it is uh, chopped and then you, you put the plant material in heat and you actually wet this plant material and then you put air through it. So it's plowed over on huge um, tea coats and yeah. then you put air through it and you leave it and then in the sun it ferments and then it's actually hmm. getting the red color and, and the aroma that we so love about rooibos. So... If you want to go and, um, I don't know, drive out, maybe, maybe you can catch, catch view of a tea court in, in the Ken William area this time of year with where we'll see drying on it. Wow. So now I want to put a controversial question on the table, yes. and I know a lot of people are going to be very upset with me after this. I drink mine okay. with milk. I do drink mine with it offends a lot of it offends a lot of people that I drink mine with milk in fact I specific in fact my one of my producers here is looking at me livid shaking his head now because can he cannot believe what I just said that I drink my rooibos with milk Katie, what's the best want, way to drink it I want to tell you that it's fine to drink it with milk but obviously if you're a purist I think it is it's up to all people. We actually did a, a, a really nice thing. You steep it for a certain period of time. You know, the, the older people, they just used to leave it on the stove. Do you remember those yeah. days? Like your grandma yeah. would just leave it and it would steep on the stove. Some people yes. enjoy it with lemon. If, if you're in a bad mood and if it's winter and you need a bit of comfort, you can have it with milk and a bit of sugar. Why not? You know, it is, I love it with milk and no sugar. <laughs> Well, that's your KG's rebels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, so there are so, many, so, many so ways. Mm. So lastly, why should we be drinking more rooibos? I, 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 think it's, I, think it is, uh, I think it's good for you. And I, I think um, it's in, the, in the South African context, it is really an industry... That is, that is very, it's really local and it's really close to our, to our heart. And it, if you think about the fact that this is the only place where it grows in the world, it's really actually quite special. So I think it's good for us to support the industry and it's, and it's good for us, you know, locally black it. So it's good for us to support something, something that, that is local. But also, it's, it's really good for you. It is... Um, they say you must drink six cups of rooibos a day to get the top health benefits. Everybody always laughs at me when I say that. But six even a little cups. bit in it's a lot, yeah. <laughs> a little bit in, in, in summer and, you know, a little bit of, of an iced tea. Yeah, so I, yeah. I say drink away.
Yeah. Lastly, though, because I know different uh, rooibos companies uh, make uh, rooibos, the one that we buy on the market in the shelves. Is there a logo or something to look for uh, on uh, the packaging for those of us that buy it constantly to say this is the right one? This is, you know, this is the right uh, sort of rooibos to buy. Okay, so this is this is actually a good question because of the of the geographic indication on on the product. There very there are internal rules, and then there's also the you know there are packaging rules put put in in place by our government. There's the consumer commission rules, so you can be confident if you buy any brand off the shelf that says Roybos, and in the ingredient list it says Roybos on the packet. If you buy a blended tea, so say you buy Roybos mixed with buchu or rooibos mixed with chamomile, it must say the percentage of rooibos, you can really be confident that measures are in place to, um, to make sure that you really get the good stuff in the package that you buy. Fantastic. I will go and have my rooibos with milk, and thank you very much, Sharon, <laughs> for making the time to talk to me today. Okay, Katie. Have a good day. Enjoy the rest of it. Thank you. Sharon Lewis is the, um, uh, not, not Sharon, Matein Swart is the secretariat uh, for the South African Rooibos Council. I have so many names in front of me and many people that people are pointing towards me. Sharon Lewis is who I'll talk to, actually, uh, who is the CEO of uh, the Northern Cape Tourism. As we round off our time here, we'll talk about uh, the tourist experiences that we had yesterday. You're listening to SAFM.